0: So let's start off uh, by acknowledging the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, water, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. So, welcome back to Bringing Pride to Work today uh, with Nick. And Nick and I are joined by Ryan from IBM. Welcome, and it's great to have you here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. And let's start it off with some introductions. Uh, Ryan, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Ryan, and my pronouns are he/him. And for the purposes of today, and with part of the uh, my role at IBM, I'm one of the co-chairs for our Pride Network, which is, in my mind, a really cool and fun little side gig that I get to do.
0: Thank you. And Nick, uh, introduction from yourself as well.
2: Of course. So my name's Nick. Uh, I'm co-lead at Pride at SAP as well. Um, I've been at SAP for two years and am in the marketing team.
0: Nice. And a bit about myself, Bianca. I've been with SAP for about nine months now. And um, I'm really excited to get started on the podcast today. So let's kick it off. Um, Today we'll be talking about IBM and SAP's working positively partnership and also intersectionality in the workplace. So IBM and SAP have had amazing partnerships when it comes to support of HIV positive employees and reducing stigma and ending discrimination of people living with HIV. So Ryan, can you tell us what the Working Positively initiatives are?
1: Absolutely. So Working Positively is an international program to end HIV discrimination in the workplace and it's critically about creating awareness and helping people understand that there is unintended stigma, and then at times discrimination that can surround this community. It's really important for us um, to understand that also this is not a specific disease related just to the LGBTQ plus community or the drug user community, in fact, that this is an illness that in South Africa, where I originally was born in 2018, a study showed that over 13% of the population actually had this illness. It's also, I think, really cool of how it came to be. This was started in 2018, actually, as an initiative between IBM and SAP as one of the two, uh, three partners in Germany.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And I love that it's all about creating that awareness and ending the discrimination, um, not just with the broader community. Uh, Ryan, what are
1: the goals uh, of these initiatives? So so there are a number of things to consider with this initiative. And as we've pointed out, one of the key goals is about raising awareness for unintended stigma. But it's also therefore by extension about creating open and safe workspaces and moving into that kind of cultural element within organisations. To date, I think over 250 employees worldwide have signed, which is a really positive step.
0: Yeah, and that's amazing um, that employees are getting more involved um, and, you know, helping out and supporting the program and the initiatives as well. Uh, But Ryan, can you tell us what, you know, you could do or what I could do um, in the workplace to help support these initiatives and also the community as well?
1: Absolutely. So first I would direct everyone listening to go to workingpositively.hov to check out the website and the resources that are there and available to learn more about the specifics of what this program entails. From a personal level, one of the elements of working positively is what we call the personal pledge, whereby you can pledge to help end HIV discrimination in the workplace by recording a simple message and sharing it through social media. The other one I'd probably add is education. It's important to understand, well, what does it actually mean in the modern world to be living with HIV so that we can become allies? As an example, it is important to note that in the modern times of modern medication, if you have an undetectable viral load with HIV, you cannot transmit this disease to anybody else.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting. And I I love the kind of collaboration that SAP and IBM have done uh, on this scale. You know, SAP and IBM, as we all know, have have a great business relationship. Um, But it's awesome to see that that relationship also extends to people and culture and employees and and bringing out the best um, and reducing that stigma. Um, but I guess off the back of that, SAP and IBM are both companies uh, that kind of strive for authenticity and embrace intersectionality, um, particularly between different business groups, different employee networks. Can you tell us
1: a little bit about how that works with IBM? Absolutely. So I, as I mentioned at the start, Um, the co-chair of the Pride Network. But at IBM, there are a number of what we call resource groups that exist for the really wide diverse uh, culture and employee base that we have. Some other ones, for example, are neurodiversity or women at IBM. And one of the critical focuses of these groups is how can we best provide a safe workspace for our communities, for the people that we work with, and also give them kind of a sense of belonging and a home. Yeah,
2: awesome. I think at SAP we do something you know pretty similar. We've got you know a whole myriad of different employee network groups. Obviously, Bianca and I are on the Pride group, but we've got that extends to you know Business Women's Network. We've got Autism at Work, um, Cultures at SAP, um, and more. So, I guess with that kind of intersectionality and melding in between different employee network groups, how can we kind of continue to be mindful? of these employee differences whilst maintaining an inclusive culture?
1: Well, I can only speak to that from an IBM-specific perspective. And I'd probably start by saying at IBM, we really have a long-storied history of diversity and inclusion really built into the fabric and DNA of our business. So, for example, I think it was in 1953, the chairman of IBM at the time, Thomas Watson, signed policy letter number four, which specified that we would hire without Um, I'm not going to get the quote exactly right, but without discrimination elements like creed, color, or sexual orientation. And now keep in mind, this is in America during the civil rights movement. So it was quite landmark and foundational for business at the time. That level has really just grown throughout the years. And now within IBM, to really be part of something bigger means leveraging into that global community that we have. So, as the, uh, the lead, for example, uh, rather the co chair for the Pride Network, um, I mean, getting that inclusivity in culture is often about reaching out to the other teams in the other countries and seeing around, say, days of importance, like or months of importance or Pride Month, in particular, what can we cross promote and what can we do to help spread the message? Yeah, awesome.
2: That's really cool. It sounds like you're doing some really fantastic work there. Um, and in incorporating intersectionality, into an employee network um, can you know provide really great opportunities for employees to learn about the people that they work with. Do you think that there's a way um, to assist employees in better understanding various viewpoints on this? I know at SAP we do a lot of work on on activating allies um, and you know moving people from just being pa- passive allies who say sure I support it to people who get really you know invigorated in the cause and, and want to be a part of the you know, uh, spreading a positive message um, about working inclusively?
1: Yeah, well, I would uh, mirror that, I would say, with IBM. I mean, allyship is a huge part of what I have uh, do within my role and it's definitely something that has been a focus of my team for Mm. this year in particular and going into next year. We've got some wonderful training programs specifically designed around boosting allyship, and that centers on that uh, educational aspect as one of the key metrics that we would both measure and use to see how do we progress allyship within our business. I would also add, and I'd be really curious to hear your thoughts as well on executive sponsorship and leadership, is the other way I think that that kind of comes through. Mm. So, for example, we have got the managing director of our business as the executive sponsor. Um, for the Pride network, and she is fantastic in advocating for what we believe in. And what about you?
2: Yeah, um, well, it, it brings an interesting point to mind. So I was recently sitting at one of the Pride and diversity roundtables. Um, and one of the quotes that I picked up from that was that uh, it was something along the lines of the loudest voice within your your pride network or whichever employee network you're in it will never be as loud as the whisper of your CEO. So I think it's it's really important to have that that top down messaging and support from the top of the business, you know, wherever that may lie. And I think, in you know, heavily matrixed organizations like SAP or IBM, which you know span multiple countries, multiple continents, it can be really confusing to kind of you know figure out where that top voice lies. Um, so I think you know having executive sponsors, which in within each kind of local market unit of the business, is really important. You know, you can you can kind of see that. That positive message um, down from, from everywhere that the company's based. Um, so I think that that's really important. And we've got some really fantastic um, supporters within the Australian New Zealand business. Um, and we've also got um, our, our global um, head of uh, marketing and solutions on the board area as well, who has just uh, become the global sponsor of Prada SAP. Um, So it's great to have that kind of, you know, the whole array um, of of leadership getting really involved in this course. Speaking of the employee experience and how far you can go, uh, we know that there's a rainbow ceiling for LGBTQ employees, um, but it it certainly adds another barrier or layer of complexity when the employee is, you know, culturally and linguistically diverse. Um, It makes it just that little bit harder to kind of to push through that, um, push through that barrier. So, how how does IBM help support those people that are kind of from multiple points of intersectionality?
1: It's a really great question, and I think that that touches on an important point about the industry within tech as a whole, because I think we all know that when discriminate, that discrimination is more pronounced when we consider some of the diversity factors like race, gender, and sexual orientation, and sexual orientation. Um, and I do believe that sexual orientation is actually one of the primary drivers of workplace discrimination, actually across all racial groups. So, as just as an example, in the Striving for Authenticity report, which is publicly available, um, the surveys found that at least in the US, 74% of Black LGBTQ women believe that their identity group would be less successful than the general population. But for White non-LGBTQ men, that figure only drops to 4%. So clearly, this is something that is a challenge that does need to be addressed. If I look at it, though, from a personal experience lens at IBM, I'm quite pleased that I think we've got some really wonderful um, examples of leadership, particularly in the out leader space and support from other leaders, like our managing director mentioned earlier, so that that rainbow ceiling is, I would say, a lot more opaque in, from, what, well, from what I have seen. We also do provide a really good level of transparency, particularly out of the US, and I think it is expanding uh, globally, where we uh, publish the statistics around uh, managers and executives or manager level and higher of those who identify um, in the LGBTQ space. But I'm really curious to hear how does uh, SAP deal with these kind of challenges?
2: Yeah, look, it's a really interesting um, kind of area, and I think, you know, we we've just recently passed World AIDS Day. Um, and I think you know that the whole AIDS epidemic does really play into you know representation in the workplace. Um, as, as you were saying, there's there was a lot of stigma, there still is a lot of stigma. Um, and we base our our own capability of leadership based on who we can see um who are like us in charge. And you know, if there aren't a lot of LGBTQ people in charge or in executive positions, it's really hard to see yourself or, or see a pathway that um for you to get there. Um, you know, coming off the, the back of the AIDS epidemic, um, that that ruled out a lot of uh people um, you know, who, who could have potentially been leaders because, you know, they contracted this awful disease, um, and you know, they were either shunned from society or they you know, uh, passed away, which is, you know, really unfortunate, but it it did leave a lot of space, I suppose. Um, So, you know, young LGBTQ folk can no longer realistically see people like them in those positions of leadership. The most important thing to do is to give the opportunity to people who are diverse, who whether that's sexual orientation or cultural or linguistically diverse, to have that space for them to kind of, you know, provide a light or, or provide, you know, some semblance of, of, of hope and, and say, hey, this is possible for you.
1: I like the point also that you specifically raised around the uh, AIDS epidemic because I think it's a lovely little loop back to what we discussed at um, mm-hmm. the beginning. And I think it's also just important to add on that that a lot of the perceptions around what that was at the time, which I don't believe any of us were around to experience and mm-hmm. I not really know through... Uh, media or chatting to other people it's understanding that some of those media representations particularly from that period are no longer valid so an example might be the movie Philadelphia great film and it's right right I mean who doesn't love a good Tom Hanks performance but those representations nowadays are not accurate for what somebody living with HIV would experience
2: definitely and I mean even with you know the I'm sure we've all seen those the PSA campaigns of the Grim Reaper knocking people down with bowling balls and etc like it really did add to that that awful stigma of what the HIV disease is and you know there's so much research and uh, going into it and as you say you can now be undetectable um, with living with HIV um, where it poses you know very little threat to you personally uh, and you can't pass it on to other people Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's great to see that, you know, so much work is going into this and there's so much more awareness, um, and bringing that into a corporate world, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people would be like, well, how does that fit in? But, you know, corporations are run with people by people. So it's
1: important Mm -hmm. that everyone is supported in that. Absolutely agree. The saying that we, are are frequently mentioning around the office or virtually is bring your whole self to work. And in order to do that, you've got to create a culture and an environment that is conducive to allowing that to happen. And we know when you allow diversity of thought and diversity of leadership and diversity of opinion into a team and into an organisation, then you will it's proven that you start to get uh, increased performance in your business results on the bottom line.
2: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more.
1: Yeah. Um, Is there anything else you wanted to add, Ryan, before we close things off? Not on these topics, so I just want to say thank you very much. It's been really wonderful uh, and I look forward to continuing this adventure together. Of course. Likewise.
0: Thank you so much, Ryan.
1: Thanks.